You're listening to The Hustle Made Me Do It, a podcast that inspires young entrepreneurs and hustlers to pursue their passions and dreams. My name is Luis Cortez. I'm a young hustler and entrepreneur that has worked his way up from fast food minimum wage jobs to high-level corporate America. I'm sitting down with young entrepreneurs from all walks of life to talk about their journey, their process, the lessons they've learned, and how to make a positive impact on the people around them. Welcome to another episode. Today, we have Daniel Yarzagaray, founder and operator of Chimanada, a local food truck in Nashville that's changing the way people eat and think about Colombian street food. Daniel will be sharing more about Chimanada, its successes, its processes, and some of the struggles that come with being a young entrepreneur in the food industry. Stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of The Hustle Made Me Do It. We have a very special guest today. We have our good friend, Daniel, owner and operator of Chivanada, a Colombian food truck here in Nashville that's truly changing the game and the way that you eat Colombian food. So yes. Daniel, welcome to the show. So excited. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. Yeah. And just to give the audience some background, you know, we connected with uh, Daniel about a year ago super intrigued by his food truck concept. Uh, We're out in Nashville and we didn't have a lot of very diverse Latin American fare. So your concept is really fresh, really original. Um, So maybe we can just kind of give the audience a little bit of background about the business and maybe what inspired Chivanada. Sure. Yeah. So Chivanada was um, inspired mostly by me going back to Colombia, right? So I would go back every year um, for the past couple of years, I would go back and visit my abuelita who lived in Cartagena. And um, I was just super inspired by the food, the culture, the music, the dance, the ambiance, right? Yeah. Um, just that costeño culture of being on the coast. And uh, it was so wonderful. And uh, I came back from one of those trips one year and I brought back a little clay chiva uh, to put on my desk in my office. And uh, I was walking downstairs, going back to work. And in that moment, like everything crystallized, right? The whole idea kind of crystallized at once. I wanted to do a food truck. I wanted it to look like the chivas uh, that were so, uh, you know, kind of typical of Colombian culture. And I wanted to serve Colombian coastal street food that I just experienced there on the streets that you could get from the carts that you could get from the little uh, shops, you know, here and there. And that's kind of just how it was born was this kind of moment of inspiration. And so I took that idea to my brother, Kai, and we talked about it. He agreed to be creative director. I knew he would kill it. He painted it. He created the menu. He created the brand. Um, And then I did all the operational stuff to get it off the ground, wrote the business plan, uh, raised some capital, and uh, we were off to the races. And that's been almost two years ago. Well, farther back, if you count from the very beginning, but two years in full operation now. Yeah. Yeah, and to give people a visual, um, a chiva in Colombia is like a little bus, and you are a Colombian empanada food truck. So when right. I saw that chivanada brand, yeah. I thought that was just genius. Um, so that was one of the first things that really drew me to you guys was, one, the magnificent uh, concept and product, but the brand and the creativity. So even if you're listening, like chivanada.com, like you'll get a visual of what we're talking about right now. And it's interesting what you said, Daniel. I mean, your inspiration, you're walking down or putting this little bus in your office desk. And, you know, this is a podcast dedicated to hustlers and dreamers from all walks of lives. Yeah. Not every day does somebody have a realization and say, man, I'm going to quit my desk job to go start a food truck. So that's actually a story in itself. That's actually, you know, 
the mindset of an entrepreneur or a hustler. And, you know, we have talked about what that looks like for you guys and how in theory it sounds amazing, but in practice, it's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. So maybe talk to us about that transition. Like what were you doing before the food truck and, and mm-hmm. how did that transition go? Yeah. Um, so before I did the food truck, I was working um, at a medical software company called Medhost. And I was doing support for them. Basically, I was working as a liaison between support and the the development team, right, that was putting out new patches for the software. And uh, it was good work. I enjoyed it, loved it. But I didn't see a career path there that I wanted. I didn't see a path forward that made me go, yep, I definitely want to do this the rest of my life. And I'd gone to school uh, to be an entrepreneur. I'd actually gotten a business degree with a concentration in entrepreneurship. And I had actually started... Um, a food business before when I was a teenager, I had started a bakery out of my house and we were doing um, heirloom uh, ground whole wheats into these really beautiful loaves that I was selling uh, through my dad into Vanderbilt University. Yeah. And so we were uh, doing that. And I guess just going back to doing a food based business just felt right. You know, it just felt like what I wanted to do. And so uh, I had the education, you know, I had the idea. And from there it was, you know, well, you write a business plan and you raise some capital. And uh, that's what I did. That's actually, that's super cool that you say that because a lot of people um, get really scared when you start talking about how to get the project off the ground, how Mm -hmm. to raise capital, how that, what that entails. And a lot of people I'm sure told you, Hey, you should do this on the weekends. Keep your day job for now, because of course, in the restaurant industry, everybody's going to tell you that you're going to fail within a year. God is good. And you've yeah. been around for over two years now. Amen. Uh, walk, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that, the, the mindset, the processes, what you were thinking during those days when everybody was telling you, hey, keep your day job. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because I had a very unique influences in my life. Right. So my parents um, weren't the type to tell me, keep your day job. Uh, they were, you know, we were raised very countercultural. I was, you know, homeschooled all the way through college, right? So the idea that, you know, you you do things through a standard career path wasn't really what I was taught. They were like, well, you've got a great idea. You've got the education. Um, you know, you, you, you seem to have found some capital. Um, they, you know, go for it. And uh, so I, I did not really have those negative voices. And that was really huge for me. I think the people you surround yourself with, it's such yeah. a big deal, right? And so they were telling me, Hey, you know, this is the only time in your life you're going to be able to do this. You're young, you're single. And I'll be honest, I was very risk averse at the time. You know, now I'm much less risk averse, but at the time, it made me want to throw up, you know, Ugh, with my day job. You know, because yeah. I still have an apartment to pay rent on, you know? Yeah. And I love that your story is um, a little unconventional in, you know, your upbringing and, yeah. and some of that like initial support. Um, but a really beautiful part of your story as well is how integrated your family is Absolutely. in the business. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you run the truck primarily with your family. Yeah. So Kai does all the creative, right? So he's doing branding. He's doing social. Uh, he's doing menu development, new uh, concepts, new empanadas, right? And then I've got right. my brothers running the truck with me and my sisters as well. So on the daily, like we'll go, you know, on Monday mornings, we'll be in the kitchen. Uh, usually I'll be in the kitchen by about six in the morning and then by about nine o'clock, my sisters will be in there with me and we'll make empanadas till about five or six and we'll make 800, a thousand empanadas, you know, in that time uh, to sell through the week. That's really cool. That's actually really cool because you're actually creating a business that's not just 
focused on yourself. You're bringing the family along. You're bringing those people around you that have believed in you. And, um, you know, a lot of people, there's two things there that, that I think we want to get your insight on. The first one is taking those risks at a young age, taking those monumental risks that not everybody takes at a young age. And then also the integration of family and a business, how does that tie together? How does taking that risk and saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this now because if I don't do it now, I'll probably never do it. And then saying, I'm not going to look outside of the box. I'd rather just bring my family in and make this a family business. Yeah. Um, so definitely like to answer the first part of the question, um, you know, learning to overcome risk aversion is a huge thing, I think. Um, and you have to realize that when you're young, you have the chance to fail miserably and it's going to be okay. You can completely fall flat on your face and you're going to be okay. You know, you can right. start um, so that was really just kind of a big revelation to me is that it's okay to fail massively, especially when you're young and you right. shouldn't be afraid of that. Um, it's different once you've actually done it. You realize there wasn't as much to be scared of as you thought it was. It was really built up inside my own head. Um, and in terms of integrating family, uh, I couldn't have done this without them. And I was really blessed that, you know, we have a really close family that is used to working together a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So we've, we've worked together on more than just this business. We've Oh, man, we've been so integrated since the very beginning. Uh, You know, we've all educated each other in some way. And, you know, the homeschooling, we've uh, helped support each other's startups, plural. Mm -hmm. uh, We've we've done a couple different things. And uh, we've just been blessed that we have really solid relationships. Yeah, that's beautiful. And there's, I think, 13 of you total, right, siblings? So that in itself goes to show you just how much um, you've all relied on each other growing up. And I think you've laid out some really key principles for uh, successful entrepreneurship, uh, support, Mm -hmm. uh, family. So you did think about who was going to be on your team. Um, So these are all good checkboxes. I think that, you know, anyone who's starting a a small business or even a food business, you know, think ahead and be calculated in the risk that you're taking as well. Absolutely. And Daniel, something super interesting about you that I think is you took all the right steps. First of all, you're went to school for business. Um, like Cindy just said, you made sure that your risks were calculated, which is super important for anybody listening that wants to start their own business. But let's just get real here. Is it all glamour and all uh, butterflies and rainbows as, as we see on <laughs> as the Insta- website looks yeah, and as the Instagram shows and as the food shows? Because I think we all think that, right? As entrepreneurs, right, right. we say, yeah. man, I have my own job. I'm going, right. you know, I'm going to write my own schedule. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be glamorous. I can't wait to have all this walking around money. I'm a right. business owner. I think that's right. what everybody thinks when they're going and talking about becoming entrepreneurs, but is it, is it really that glamorous? No. Um, I've told new people that want to get into food trucking that have asked my advice. I told them you have to be a little bit sadistic to get into food trucking. If we're being real about it, you have to like, <laughs> that's, it real. that's what it's going to be. Um, you know, you have to be out there in December when it's freezing and you have to make the choice. I either turn my rain shut off so it's warm in here and then I, you know, could possibly die of smoke inhalation or I turn it on and I freeze my, my toes off, you know, and that's just food trucking. That's, yeah. you know, that's the reality of it. Um, you know, things break a lot. When you put a kitchen inside an earthquake, things break a lot, right? right. Um, yeah. I'm amazed that food trucking took off at all now that I've done it because it's, insane um you put kitchen equipment that was designed to stay flat and level and not move at all and right. put it in a metal box that's shaking all the time yes 
That's really interesting. And thank you for that. Those details, because a lot of people that don't know those ovens, those stoves, they burn at over 300 degrees. So you're in there in a fire hazard pretty much all all the time. It's controlled chaos. So it's safe to say that as an entrepreneur, and I'm just going to throw a shot at this. You're not only an entrepreneur, but you're also a maintenance man. You're also a plumber. You're an electrician. And you have the answers to everything. And you're the leader. Accountant. (laughs) Accountant. Yeah. And you're never stressed out. You know, you have to right. the exactly. cool for your for your team, right? So right. Talk, let's talk about leadership as an entrepreneur because sure. all these hats that you're wearing, how do you maintain your cool so that your team mm-hmm. doesn't say, man, we're going to crash and burn tomorrow. Daniel, I'll see you later. I'm going to go look for okay. a job because, but I'm sure you think about that, right? As, a, as an entrepreneur, as somebody that's wearing these many hats, you're like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to start applying for jobs somewhere else. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, learning to delegate. That's everything, right? You can't mm-hmm. do everything. People assume that you can, and then you start, and it doesn't work. I mean, it, it right. just doesn't. Um, so, yeah, Kai handles all the branding and all the social, right? Um, and when it comes to doing your accounting and things like that, right? Like, get good software. Get, you know, spend the money on a good QuickBooks subscription. Spend the money on, you know, good POS systems so that it's much more automated. You're not doing everything manually all the time. Right. Um, even just basic things like um, there's there's apps like Expensify that automate, uh, you know, expense entry off of receipts. You know, it's just basic things like that. Um, taking time to sleep in some days, you know, that's, that's part of the thing is, you know, we tell entrepreneurs all the time work, you know, 100 hours a week. And yeah, that's true, right? That's true. But you also have to take care of yourself or you will just flat out stop and they'll drop. And um, right. especially with food service, it's 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 very high energy. It's fast paced, right? You're, you're constantly working and it's kind of addictive. Um, the adrenaline rush is kind of addictive. So it's a lot harder to know when to stop when you're constantly on this like runner's high mm. all the time. And you have to tell yourself, you know what? Um, I've been here before and I know what it feels like to crash and burn. So let's go to bed, right? We're not going to stay up. Yeah. We could do some work on our taxes. Sure. You know, we could, we could do some more work on putting together our business plan for our physical or whatever, but it's time to stop and it's time to sleep. Um, so yeah, just having some discipline and knowing when it's time to quit is so huge with, with preventing burnt out and also learning to delegate things. Yeah, those are some fantastic tips. Invest in uh, good software, good resources. Use your team effectively. Delegate those responsibilities where you can. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, to go back to your original point, that you have to be kind of a little sadistic to jump into this, whether it's a food truck or any other food venture. Absolutely. um, I would say you definitely have to have the passion. Absolutely. You have to want it. Oh yeah. Like your purpose yeah, has to be bigger than just, uh, you know, I love empanadas, right? Absolutely. There has to be a bigger picture. Um, yeah. So maybe what is that bigger picture for yeah. Chimanada? How do you hope to grow this business and grow this brand? Yeah. So we definitely, uh, you know, you know, COVID threw us a curveball, obviously when it came to growth, but it also presented yeah. a really interesting opportunity. Long-term, our goal has always been the same. We want to be a, a chain of empanada shops, you know, and we want to right. be the first you know, first real uh, chain of empanada shops. There's been, you know, tacos and there's been pupusas and there's been, you know, burritos with, you know, Chipotle as, you know, Luis is mm-hmm. involved in it. <laughs> My favorite. Um, but there yeah. really hasn't been anyone, uh, at least in the United States, that's really tried to, to scale empanadas. Um, and I kind of want to be the first brand that brings empanadas to everybody um, and brings right. it in, in a big way. And we, we thought the food truck would be a great way to kind of build that brain, create that backstory, build a following, and then we're going to hopefully open our first restaurant here uh, sooner than later. And, you know, like 
COVID presents all kinds of challenges. It also presents lots right. of opportunities. There's lots mm-hmm. of commercial real estate available now, um, right. you know, where there wasn't before. Uh, so yeah, long-term, our goal has always been, we want to create the first real chain of Colombian empanada shops. Yeah, I don't know of any. Um, yeah. and I'm Colombian, so <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> excited to hear uh, and to see how that grows. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Daniel, it's really interesting. A chain of empanadas, for us as entrepreneurs, people say you dream too big. And a lot of times I like to respond with you dream too small, Absolutely. you know, or you think too small. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's unrealistic to have a chain of empanadas. And we wanted to have you on the show because you have a, such a cool story, such a unique story where you could have followed a traditional corporate route and been really successful at it because you have great drive, you have great dedication and you're super intelligent, but you decided to bet on yourself, bet on your dream. And, you know, I like to, you know, I think something you and I, all all of us have in common is we love studying the pioneers of the past, the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musk, uh, uh, Peter Thiels, all these guys that have made it big and in the entrepreneur kind of realm. And these guys that are true hustlers and you hear the stories of Elon when he was starting Tesla, you know, he was asking friends and family for money to pay his rent. Yeah. You know, he had a here a yeah. hundred million in debt and asking his buddies every, every month, Hey, can I borrow a thousand dollars? I don't have money to pay you, but I'll pay you in Tesla stock. Right. Essentially made his friends and family multimillionaires by them betting on him, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really, really cool to have people like you on the show because that's essentially what you're doing. And that's yeah. what the dream is, is saying, Hey, bet on me right now with yeah. this with this uh food truck and when the dream kind of comes to fruition we're yeah. all gonna eat not just empanadas but right. a very nice steak yeah right. exactly it's, it's funny yeah. you mentioned that um because I, I think about like what my career trajectory would have been you know if i had stayed in medical software and the the reality is it probably would have ended up at hca um many of my friends ended up at hca and you know been very very successful there's a fantastic company it's great to work uh, work for they've got fantastic benefits but i just wouldn't have been fulfilled that's the truth of it and really what i had to do was i had to bet on myself like you said it means i have to uh, believe that i can actually you know achieve a, a dream which was to own my own business and uh, it's been really interesting to see the reception because uh, like cindy said you know no one's really doing this right no one's really mm-hmm. doing um Colombian empanadas as a focus of a food brand, right? Empanadas are those things in a hot box at a coffee shop now, right? right? And, and, but you think about it, like that was tacos at one point, right? Yeah. And you look at what Taco Bell did, right? You look at Chipotle, right? Chipotle scaled burritos and they did it in a way where the quality has stayed up and, you know, people love to go to Chipotle because they know they're going to get a high quality burrito every single time. So kind of that's the vision with empanadas is we want to be the ones that bring empanadas to everybody, um, and yeah. eventually scale up to that to that kind of size. And we actually really want to have uh, empanada shops in Colombia and South America as well as the United States because we think our brand works in both places. It's not just a brand that works wow. here. I think it's a brand that works there too. Gosh, I love that in this we're hearing the true spirit of a hustler. I agree. And there's something super important that you said there too, Daniel, is that you know you wouldn't be fulfilled. So what does right. that fulfillment look like to you? What does success look like to you? Yeah, I think really what it boils down to is unrealized potential. I knew I could be and do more, mm-hmm. you know, so I could go work okay. the nine to five, but I knew I could do and be a whole lot more than that. Right. And that was what was eating at me was I can do better than this in terms of I can build something. Right. I knew that I had that in me. And if I hadn't gotten that out, I think that that's what would have, would have ultimately led to the unfulfillment was 
I go to work every day and I, I do a job that's fulfilling in terms of the work it is, right? But I wouldn't have felt that I would have realized all of my potential, right? And I think all of my potential is starting uh, a, a, a business, right? And and actually leading a, a company to growth, right? So um, that that's what I believed in. And uh, like you said, you know, the what what keeps me what, what keeps me going when things are you know freezing cold or they're crazy hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think a lot of it is that end goal, right? I see that like it's going to be worth it when we get there. Um, yeah. You don't have that end goal. Uh, to motivate you, you don't even get up the next day, right? So right. Uh, I think a lot of it is you have to have that end goal vision when those freezing days happen, when it's crazy hot, when, you know, your fridge breaks loose from the wall and flies across the truck, you know, on 440. Um, you just have to have that, you know, vision in mind, you know, hey, we're going somewhere and this is where we're headed. And we're actually taking steps to get there. It's not just all ethereal, right? So have that end goal in mind, but also be taking steps to get there. I love that so much every day you're taking one step forward. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs can become discouraged if they didn't get everything they wanted to get done this week or this month. And, you know, just that, that nugget of advice, I think is so valuable. Planting seeds and watering them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was super discouraged at the beginning of this year, if I'm being honest with you guys, um, around yeah. March, early this year, um, things were looking really bad for food trucking, you know, mm-hmm. because COVID hit and uh, our revenues were way down. And it looked like we weren't going to be okay. You know, I mean, uh, our finances weren't really good. And then we started uh, doing neighborhoods, which was this idea that some people in the food truck industry had was to go to neighborhoods with online order. And all of a sudden, everything changed overnight. Like right at the end of March, last week of March, everything flipped. Right. And, and things started to get better. Well, even from a business perspective, what, what would you tell to people that are not willing to pivot their business, that they're mm. not willing to take, you know, say, take the unconventional route. Oh, you know, I'm not going to go and sell my food at, a, at, you know, at a neighborhood. You know, a lot of people are very set in their ways and won't take that leap. So mm-hmm. what, is, what is your advice for a young entrepreneur that um, find themselves in that position and mm. they have to make a decision? They have to pivot their business plan right. to essentially keep the business alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd ask them, do you want to exist in the next year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the truth of it, right? If you don't pivot, you won't exist, especially with, you know, you know, COVID, that really proved to be the case. Food brands that pivoted had outsized success. Yeah. And those that didn't had outsized failure. Right. right. So um I <laughs> I have some friends that run a uh a bakery that does hand pies and they've been very successful. Mm-hmm. And they jokingly said that they've pivoted so much that they're spinning right now. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so you have to be careful because you can also over pivot, right? It's also possible that to constantly possible. chase, uh, chase the market in a circle, right? Versus having some kind of focus, right? Yeah, that's a really, really mm-hmm. valuable point. Um, and you've acquired so much knowledge through not just your education, but your life experiences to prepare you for this opportunity of entrepreneurship. Um, for upcoming entrepreneurs, young and fresh, maybe want to enter the same space or a similar space what kind of resources or how would you advise them um, in regards to first steps on getting started if they're seeking you as, as a mentor possibly? Right. Um, So I actually just recently had a talk with a girl who's wanting to start her own food business. And Mm -hmm. I told her, you got to write your business plan first. Right. And the thing is there's better tools now to write your business plan than before. Um, My favorite one is live plan. 
Creating a logical plan is fantastic because it takes the hardest part of writing your business plan, which was the pro formas, right? The financial projections. Mm -hmm. Everybody writes their executive summary. uh, They write their, you know, their, you know, what they're bringing to the market. You know, they get through all the narrative stuff and then they get to the financials and then they go, I have no idea how to actually write projections. And this was a problem I ran into with even a business education. They really didn't tell you how to write your own projections. My plan actually allows you to plug in assumptions and it creates the financial projections for you. And then you just tweak the assumptions until the projections make sense. And uh, it's got, you know, best case, worst case scenario. And I would say get a subscription, a live plan, write a business plan, Tweak with uh, tweak your uh, your pro formas, your projections, and uh, once you've got that, uh, start pitching it to potential investors. And that's kind of how I would how, that's how I would start now. Yeah, start big with the yeah. big picture in mind. Yep, absolutely. Daniel, we love having you on the show, and for everybody that's listening, uh, Chivanada is actually becoming a staple here in Nashville. Yes. I know that you were featured in a couple of magazine, a few write-ups this week and in the past yeah. few months, just because you've been so resilient, you've been out there, you've been consistent, people um, have seen you around, and you keep showing up, and I think part of success, a lot of people don't realize that it's just showing up. A lot of people will not show up, but you're showing up and you're seeing the fruit of that labor. You're showing up every day. So, you know, look them up on their Instagram, at Chivanada. Your schedule's on there so you can plan out your uh, dinner for the week. It's incredible. Unlike anything you've ever had, I can vouch for that time and time again. (laughs) And you guys are probably super inspired by Daniel's story. because I know I am, you're the epitome of a hustler, of an entrepreneur that yeah. is resilient, that will not give up. And if you ever walk up to Chihuanada, you're going to see Daniel in some capacity greeting you with a smile. Even if the kitchen's on fire, he's going to come up to the window and, and <laughs> smile at you and give you the best service. And that leads me to just, Daniel, if you could evaluate yourself from an out, out-of-body perspective, from an outside mm. perspective, what would your friends, what would your family, what would people say, who is Daniel? Yeah. Right. That's a great question. Um, I think that I really don't exactly know how to answer that one. Um, I know that they'd say I'm extremely stubborn. I don't quit. <laughs> you know, late, right. right. They, I don't quit. And sometimes that's uh, to, to a point of failure, right? Sometimes you need to actually quit. Um, it's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's good to actually quit. Um, I think they would say that I'm very, very uh, kind and caring, um, yeah. which is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, generous with, with my time and with my resources. Um, and I would hope that they would say that I'm, uh, you know, always trying to, you know, better those around me, that I'm always trying to uh, invest in those around me, um, because that's really what I want to do at the end of the day is it's it's not just about growing a business. It's also about investing in those around you through what you're doing. Right. Because at the end of the day, the money is great. The growth is great. You know, building a brand is fantastic. But if you yep. don't actually spend the time investing in your friends and your family and, you know, paying it forward in some way. Right. Uh, it's really not going to be worth it in the end, at least in my opinion. That's the best takeaway I think you could have for yeah. for this episode. Pay it forward. I would highlight that kind um, aspect of who you are. Just the fact that you mentioned you sat with an entrepreneur who's starting her own business and gave her that uh, consultation and that support, I think is a big takeaway for the audience and any business that you're starting. Uh, seek mentorship Yes, and be willing to mentor and coach those around you because especially in the food industry, it becomes a family mm-hmm, um, and you need each other. So thank you so much, Daniel, for, for giving us such a valuable perspective of your experience. And um, I think that'll really help 
uh, any entrepreneur. And before we go, Daniel, where can people find you? Give us all of your um, handles, handles, all the details, yeah. everything. Where can people reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they can find us on Instagram at Chivanada, also Facebook at Chivanada. They can find our website, www.chivanada.com. They can email us, hello, at givanada.com, and uh, they can DM us on any of those social media platforms uh, and send us an email, and we'll be glad to reach out to them. We'd love to run events for people, so if you want us at your next party or event, uh, call us and book us. Love it. I love thank it. Thank you so much. This was awesome, and we thank you, all of you, for listening to another episode of The Hustle Made Me Do It. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.